You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Talk Recorded live. Bye. 
of that black hole. There's only two comments that you're going to hear, metaphorically speaking. This is not a doctrinal message, so to speak. It's a salvation message for the lost, and it's a glorious message for the ones that truly know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There's only two paths out of the other side of that, 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 that deep hole. There's two roads. And when I say the morning, I, um, one, of the bro- one of my brothers over in Georgia said, you should have said the moment after death, which is that would have been more scripturally correct, but I just used the word morning specifically because it's a never-ending day after you take your last breath because there's the angel in Revelation chapter 10, if Brother Dave would turn there right now, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Revelation chapter 10, verse 6. Brother Dave, if you don't mind, read that, and I'll explain to you what I'm talking about. Revelation chapter 10, verse 6. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. Time no longer. There will be no more time. There will be no more time when the angel sets that foot down and says there'll be time no longer, then it's going to be eternal day. There's even an old hymn, Land of Eternal Day. Even in the New Jerusalem, there'll be no need of the the sun or the moon because the 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 Son of God will be the the glory of God will be the light thereof. Amen, Brother Dave. Amen. There'll be no, no reason for that. But will that be where your home is? There's only two things that's going to be said. There gonna be two groups of people. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 25, and you're going to hear two things. You're going to hear two things that's going to come out of the one that created you. We're going to read the first one in Matthew 25. Brother Dave, both of them's in Matthew 25 where we're going, okay? So just go to Matthew 25. Yes, I'm there. I want you to read verse 21 and 22. Well, 21 through 23, I think it is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Matthew 25, verse 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now, that's one path. And that's one voice that you're going to hear. You know... I don't say a lot about this, and I don't teach it doctrinally, but as far as the Father's concerned, judgment could be going on right now. We try to put everything in time elements the way the Word of God's written and try to stack everything in its certain places, but as far as in eternity goes, certain judgment could be done going on. I mean, it even in Daniel chapter 7 makes that plain. But that's just an afterthought. But enter into the joy of the Lord, I good and faithful servant. I was faithful in a few things. I'll make you rule over many things. Is that what you're going to hear? 
Now go down to verse 25, brother, and read verse 41. Or is this what you're going to hear? And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered. 25-41? 25-25? 45-21. Okay. 45-41. Excuse me, brother. I must be getting dyslexic or something. Okay, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Wow. See... Hell never was prepared for you or I. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. See, there's two. There's the right hand and the left hand. On the other side of that grave, the morning after death, you'll hear one or two things. Forget the element, time element, and all the the goings on. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. We're getting down to nitty-gritty. And there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can run out there and try to perform to be good enough to be on the right hand or on the left hand because there's going to be murderers and there's going to be killers. There's going to be rapists. There's going to be adulterers that were, let me rephrase it, that were adulterers, liars, cheaters, backbiters, that were on the left hand that's going to wind up on the right hand. And there's going to be people on the, that done what you would think were the most wonderful things in the world. How they helped the poor They always went to church. They always looked nice. They called everybody brother. They shook the preacher's hand. They had him over for church after church on Sunday for dinner. And they they always gave in the offering plate. Then they're going to be on the left hand. What a paradox. You see, in the human mind, you don't think that's fair, do you? But see, it's because it's not all about you. It's not about it's not all about you at all. It's not about your righteousness at all. It's about the one that lived a perfect life. All these people talk about follow Jesus, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. You can follow him till you with a following machine, but you're not going to get far because you can't live a perfect life. The one that said, follow me, be you a follower of me as I am a follower of Christ. That's the one you better be paying attention to. Now, I'm not being blasphemous and saying not to not to do the things Christ said, because if he said, if you love me, you'll do the things I say. That's not the, That's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm trying to tell you the one that said he was the chiefest of sinners had it right. He knew it had nothing to do with his righteousness but the righteousness of the Holy Son of God. Amen. That was prophesied to carry your wickedness, your lying, your cheating, your stealing, 
you're conniving, you're manipulating, you're jiving, whatever you want to call it. Carry all that sin. He chose to carry that and place it in hell and be your righteousness for you and offer you as a free gift eternal life. So simple that a fool can understand, but a wise man, the Bible says, will err therein. And you got a bunch of folks that think they're wise that are erring therein today. How do you know that? Look around you. Just look around you. If the spirit the spirit of God calls you to salvation. Some of you, there's no doubt, don't even realize that call. Some of the downloaders, if there's going to be any downloaders, there may be some of you there in the audience right now don't even understand that call. You ever got your hand caught? You, ever, you, ever, you remember when you let me let me make it give you use another illustration. You ever got caught red-handed doing something you wasn't supposed to be doing? You remember how you felt? Ashamed, and you remember that feeling? Get like your mama walking in and catching you doing something you wasn't supposed to do. Remember that feeling? That's kind of like the spirit of God wooing you. Pointing out the things that you shouldn't do and directing you toward the things that you should do. I have talked to you over and over and over again. It's probably it's just been me talking. Holy Spirit undoubtedly hadn't been in it all that much. I've talked to you about sacrifice. You see, when the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. All things are become new. There has to be a change in your life, folks. According to the book, not according to Brother Don. If there's not a time in your life where you realized that you started hating some of the things you used to love and you started loving some of the things you had no use for, I say this with a humble heart and I say it with all humility as as I have in me and with sadness of heart. You're not a child of God. You're not born again. That's not according to Brother Don. That's according to the Word of God. Common sense should. That's why some of these cults try to do away with the word born again because they understand what it implies. Amen, Brother Dave? Amen. They try to get away from it. See, 
they try to go to John chapter 3 where it can be born from above, but they won't go to 1 Peter chapter 1 where it's specifically talking about being actually born again, the new creature in Christ being born in you that Paul talks about. If you just if you hear some of these sermons that I preach and some of this teaching that I teach and it causes no change in your life, there's a problem. Because the Word of God is the Word of God. The Bible promises, God promises that if it's put out, it will accomplish what it intends to do. It will accomplish in His people, in His children, what He wants it to accomplish if you allow it. That's yielding to the Spirit of God. And you can go, you can, but the thing of the, what's so contradictory about it is you've got a, you're toting around a corpse that's dead, and you keep on refusing to sacrifice to give to the live, to get, do what the live person in you, the new creature, wants done, and what the Lord wants done, Christ in you, the hope of glory, to keep on gratifying something that's dead. Because it it, it's dead in trespasses and sin. That's the reason you had to, the new creature had to be cut away from it. When Paul says, if ye be dead with him, then ye shall live with him. That's being dead to the old man and living to the new man. When we read those verses in 2 Timothy chapter 2, where it says this is a faithful saying, if we be dead with him, we shall live with him. I've never even taken you give you the cross reference to what he's talking about. I'm going to do that right now so you'll understand it better. Brother Dave, go to Colossians 3 and read verse 3. While he's turning there, folks, this world has a hold on all of us. Not, we don't only fight against the... I'm going to make up a word... The, world gra- uh, gravitational evil of the world, which is no such thing as gravity, but whatever, the the pull that this world system has all around you is strong. And you multiply that with a, with a supernatural power that, add, that that is the God of this thing, that rules this thing. You have to have that supernatural element on your side to win victories. Brother Dave, read Colossians yes. 3, verse 3. For ye now, are first, dead. Just, just start, tell you what, just start at verse 1, and then when you get to 3, slow down and read it, okay? okay. 
If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. There you go. That's the dead Paul's talking about in Second Timothy chapter 2. If we be dead with him, we shall live with him. And the next verse, it says, if we suffer, we will reign with him. This is things that are evident to the Christian. These are choices that are made. These are God's not going to force this on you, folks. It plainly tells you right there in the same chapter, if a man, if a person will purge himself of these things, he'll be a vessel unto honor. Now, if you're lost and the Spirit of God doesn't dwell in you, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And we'll get to you in a second. We'll get to you in a second. What's the opposite is if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. Do you know what the flip side to that is? If you don't, you won't. It's that simple. You say, how do you... Are you supposed to go get hit by a Mack truck? Or are you supposed to go slap somebody upside the head and get in a fight? That's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about the sacrificial, mortified life to this world. I've explained this speedily, hastily. I've yelled and screamed it. I've, I've spoken it softly before. But I'm hoping and praying to God that the Spirit of God is going to let it sink in tonight to whom it needs to sink into. God knows I've been praying about it all day long. It's been on my heart since before daylight this morning. Because there's a problem. I know that true believers are getting fewer and fewer. But I also know that nothing happens to an individual by chance that God's got his eyes on. I know that none, nobody that's here tonight or he is here by chance. Not a single soul. So one side, after death. See, folks, we're all going to get there. You can pull every tooth in your body out. You can go holistic medicine to you out the yin-yang. You can go find the greatest holistic doctors in the world or the best homeopathic doctors in the world, the best surgeons in the world. You can have hands laid on you till you got hand imprints on you, you're going to die unless the Lord comes back first. That is the wages of sin is death. 
Okay? Because our father Adam sinned, we all have to die except for the few that are left at the gathering. The mystery revealed to Paul. You're going to die. You can spend all the money you want to, and believe me, I got listeners that do. I didn't say there's nothing wrong in trying to stay healthy, folks. Don't get you you you're missing the point if you're missing if if you're if you're thinking that way. I'm just telling you that it's an inevitable. It was so it was so longed for by the one. That taught, that told you that get, that God gave permission to write three quarters of the New Testament. That His desire was to just to get on out of here. I mean, just to leave it behind. But the sacrifice He made, He was in a strait betwixt two. He could have departed if He wanted to, and that's what He says. You don't believe me, brother Dave? Go to Philippians chapter one. Okay. All right, I'm there. Okay, Philippians chapter 1, start reading about, I think it's verse uh, 16 or 17. Um, it's at a paragraph mark, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'd rather you start sooner than that. Just start start at verse 20. And I okay. want you to listen to Paul talking to his beloved Philippians. That was his favorite bunch. Because they were always giving. And he kept bragging on them because of their giving, even when he didn't need it, they were giving. And Paul blessed, told, told them that they were blessed because it was going to be to their eternal reward. See, you've been so bum-fuzzled and hoodwinked by the world and by television and by false teachers and false preachers, you don't even know the blessings connected with it. But anyway, that's a, that's another topic. Brother Dave, start at verse 20. Okay, I'll start at verse 19. That's where the paragraph marker is. That is in yours. It's not in mine. Go ahead. Philippians 1, verse 19 in the Blue Letter Bible, King James Version. That's okay. It's still not in mine. Go ahead. Oh, Really? Are you looking at the blue letter? I'm looking at the blue letter. It's not in mine. We've run and into this in... problem before. <laughs> oh, wow. That's weird. Okay, uh, verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Now, or, what, now watch Paul closely what he says. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To die is gain. I wonder how many of you say, do you think you're the... No, no, I'm trying to tell you that if you spend enough time in the Word of God and you sacrifice enough to the new and, and obey the new creature in Christ, and forget that dead hunk of corpse and the love of this world, your leanings and your feelings will start 
gravitating toward to be being able to say this yourself. That's what I'm telling you. I remember years ago when I first heard it, when I studied first study, how can they say that, you know? And as I studied and as I, as things started happening in my life, more and more I know to where now I can honestly say, God knowing my heart, I know to die is gain. And I know what he means when he's fixing to say what he's fixing to say. Because I'm there. You say, yeah, but you're 66 years old and I got all this. See, that's the problem. It's the I. It's that egocentric first person singular. You think it's all about you. My only reason for living is y'all. It ain't for my girls. It sure ain't for none of my ex-wives. It's for y'all. In obedience to God for my calling. That's the only reason. Just like Paul's fixing to tell the Philippians. It's called sacrifice, folks. Some of you don't have a clue what sacrifice means. I know that. <laughs> I don't have to point fingers. I know it. Continue reading, Brother David. Okay, verse 22. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. See, he's caught between a rock and a hard place. That's what it means, caught in a straight betwixt two. The old Southern saying, caught between a rock and a hard place. He wants to go on and be with Christ, which is far better. But it's more needful for him to continue to minister to these beloved Philippians. That's what he's saying, folks. There's no missing you. You can't interpret it any other way. It means what it says. And until your life gravitates to the point to where your hope is wanting to see your Savior more than to get up and take a breath of tomorrow so you can get up and enjoy the world more, till you get to that point, you're not even halfway there. The perfecting of the inward man in you has not even begun to generate. What's the opposite of love, Brother Dave? Hate. Now, what does it say in First John 2? Does it not say love not the world? Yes. Well, the opposite is what? Hate. Um, it's hate the world. Yeah, hate the Absolutely world. right. We have to live in the world, yeah, as Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 7. But that's only to be able to do for others and to please Christ, not ourselves. That's all through the epistles. Paul talks about not pleasing himself, not pleasing himself, uh, admonishing his congregation not to think on your own self but on the things of others. That's sacrifice. 
That's doing without so others can do. You don't even know anything about the Christian life if you don't understand that. That's what Christ meant when he said, take up your cross daily and follow me. You know what a cross is? A big old heavy hunk of wood that is tough to tote around. It's a sacrifice. I'm talking to you Christians still. The ones of you that don't have a clue what I'm talking about, I'll get to you in a minute. I'm talking to you Christians. You don't, see, <laughs> just finish, finish reading what Paul has to say. You think I'm making, you think I'm joking about this? Keep on reading what Paul says, brother. Yes. Verse 24, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. See, not for him. He wants to go on to be with Christ, which is far better. Set up in there what he desired he couldn't have. He was caught in a straight betwixt two, a rock and a hard place, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But it's more needful for him to live in the flesh because of the Philippians. Sacrifice. Not pleasing his own self, but pleasing others. Folks, this is absolutely Chinese to some of you. And this is basic, simple, childlike Christian doctrine. Basic stuff for the new man, for the new creature in Christ. Until it, and I'm not saying that it just comes easily. But you have to practice it to get better and better in like anything. It's like a muscle. You've got the muscle. You've got the everything it takes to do the job. But you have to exercise that muscle to make it stronger. I used that in one of the first sermons I ever preached at Bible Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. During graduation. Faith like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. The less you exercise it, the weak it get, weaker it gets. Folks, that applies in every reasonable duty that you have as a Christian. Paul lays it all out saying to to give your body a living sacrifice. And that's just your reasonable service. Now think about those two roads coming out the other side the morning after death. Do you want to be, you want to prove to yourself that you're the ones on the right side? Then you have to uh, you have to obey and bust your hind end 
and exercise those muscles and present your body a living sacrifice and obey what the Scripture says. If you love me, he said, you'll keep my commandments. Or you'll keep my words. Not the world's words. The tree is known by the fruit it bears. That's why a real branch on the vine has to be pruned and trimmed. In other words, cut on hurt, chastened, scourged for it to bring forth more fruit. That's why Paul's fixing to say what he's going to say in the next few verses. Continue reading, Brother David. Verse 25. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Continue. Only let your conversation okay, be as only you this word conversation, people want to turn it off because they don't want to really know what it means. Okay? It means the way you live your life. It's an old English word that means the the manner your manner of behavior, your manner of life. The way you live your life. Only let your way you live your life be as it becomes the gospel of Christ. See? Continue on, Brother Dave. Verse 27. Only let your conversation <clears throat> be as it becometh the gospel of Christ that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition. Absolutely. And you will have, if you live, if you do, as you're supposed to do, you will have adversaries. And they're what they do to you, and the way they treat you, and the way they talk about you is a token of their perdition, of their lostness, of their unsavedness, to make up a word, of not being part of the body, of not being Christian of not being born again. It's a token of their prediction, uh, perdition. But watch what he says next. But to you of salvation and that of God. Now here comes verse 29. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. It comes with every obedient Christian. It, it it has to come. The word of God cannot be broken. It will come with every obedient Christian. 
and nobody likes to take a, take a, a pair of wire pliers and mash their finger because it hurts, to use a metaphor. So therefore, they steer clear of mashing, getting their fingers mashed, and they keep steering clear and keep steering clear and keep steering clear to where it's a way of life, and they're caught. They're snap. They got a number two, a number two Victor jump strap on that leg, and that world's got a hold on them. Well, anybody can talk a good talk, okay? You're not going. You can't talk your way out of, out of it in front of the King of Glory. There's so many. There's so many commandments and and and. Tellings to do in the new two. It, I, I, one of these days, I think I'm gonna count them all. They make the Old Testament look like a, a little, a, a little bitty three-page, little little old bitty piece manual compared to everything in the New Testament. You know why? Because they didn't nobody shed their blood in the Old Testament. There wasn't no huge sacrifice to raise up a lamb and carry it and have somebody else kill it. Wasn't no big deal. But for the Lamb of God, the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, the essence of God himself, to shed his blood, heavy, heavy hangs over our head with the free gift. Like I said the other night, and is this your life? Folks, I'm soft. I'm I'm soft compared to the old timers. You think I'm hard. I'm soft. They called Dr. Ruttman a junkyard dog. He, he loved it. He'd have a picture of a big old junkyard dog, bulldog oh, during revival services up there, tearing at somebody's pants. Because he, he was a straight shooter. I'm a straight shooter. I'm not going to flower up and paint a pretty picture on something that's not pretty. But what's beautiful, I'm going to paint, I'm going to try as eloquently as my country boy self can eloquently say. Because on the right side, it's going to be eloquent. The land of a never-ending sunlight, a glorious time. You can't even fathom how great. I have not seen nor ear heard nor has entered the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. No tears, no pain. Brother Brian, Brother Brian Martin, no pain, brother. No suffering, no tears, no doubt. Love like you've never experienced in this human, in this worldly walk, 
love like you cannot imagine, joy like you can't conceive of. All on the morning after, the sting of death. But it is given to you in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him but to suffer for his sake. Some of you never suffered one second for Jesus Christ. Well, you won't reign with him. That's not my opinion. That's what the Bible says. Period. End of story. The word of God cannot be broken. Not out of context. In absolute, complete context with the Christian, what we're talking about. You can't preach your way. You can't twist it. You can't get out of it. With a getting machine. No matter how opulent your life is now or how, or whether you're a street bum, it makes no difference. A street bum has a better chance of understanding what I'm talking about than somebody with three squares and a good job. And dumping more money out on their opulence than being, than being helpful to God. Oh, that's what the Lord told the, the man that planned all his planning, what he was going to do and he, how he was going to fill his barns up and how he was going to build this and do this and all that. And the Lord called him a fool. See, the, ever, the world teaches there's nothing wrong with that. God says the guy's a fool. Not because he built anything. Not because necessarily story thing, but because he wasn't gracious toward God with his giving. That's the whole current that's the whole meaning of the whole parable. Because all of his sacrifice was for his own self. There there's that word sacrifice again. Let's hear John Hagee talk about that a while. Hear Kenneth Copeland talk about that a while. They ain't none of them going to talk about that a while. You know that's what so that's what that that's what breaks. And I heard I've heard a lot of good preachers almost break down thinking about it, talking about it. It's so sad. It's so sad that those mega chip church people that lie like a Persian rug to those suckers out there that have jet airplanes and mansion homes and on islands and everywhere else that lie like a dog to their people. It just proves what P.T. Barnum said. There's a sucker born every minute. And you tell people the truth. And don't cut no corners, and they'll run from you like you got the plague. The majority of them, except for God's people, 
except for the ones that the Spirit of God does actually dwell in and the ones that's actually trying to get that man, that, that inner man perfected, the ones that actually, if we suffer, we shall reign with him. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Simple. Nothing, nothing Greekish, nothing, nothing um, ambiguous about any of that. Plain, straight, and to the point. But see, most people these days, they want to hear about some weird stuff that's, that's hard to prove, like having to go back and teach the last eight chapters of Ezekiel and have to run all over the Bible to prove something that, that's hard to prove. But when I talk to you about the other side of that dark hole, the morning after death, it, that's, that's, see, that, that, that'll make you... That'll make you drop in a knot, see, because you wonder. You shouldn't have to wonder. If any man loves God, the same is known of him. And we're in him and he's in us and you'll be there no matter what. You see, in a household, in God's household, there's many vessels. Some to honor and some to dishonor. That may be what waits for you. On the other side, dishonor. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, that the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That's not just murder and being a queer or illicit sex. That's not doing right. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That's all kind of sin. Why do you think those legalizers want to jump on John and say, oh, the definition of sin is nothing but transgression of the law? The thought of foolishness is sin. The plowing of the wicked is sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. Whatsoever not of faith is sin. Everyone, straight scripture in context of what we're talking about. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, they're not only vessels of glory, of gold and of silver, but also of wood 
and of earth. That's the bad ones. That's the dishonorable ones. Some to honor and some to dishonor. And if a man, therefore, will purge himself from these, from the bad things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, set apart, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Self-denial. That is the Christian life. If I wanted to, if I wanted to put the the life of the new man <coughs> into two words, it'd be sacrifice and self-denial. And every Bible-believing, God-fearing preacher or teacher can't do anything but say amen if he knows the Bible. At all. Why? Because Christ suffered for us. Now we're going to talk about you that don't have a clue about what I've been talking about. That ain't never sacrificed a dime. It ain't never done, went out of your way except to make yourself feel good to do something for somebody else and suffered yourself. The king of glory came down to take care of your sin. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your peace, of our peace, was upon him. And with his stripes, you were healed. All in his sacrifice. All we. Me, Don, David, Kevin, Pete, everybody. All oh, we like sheep went astray. We've everyone, we everyone went to our own way. See, our own way, selfish way. But God laid on him every single one of those iniquities. For God hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. If you've never experienced that new creature in Christ in you, if you've never understood the joy of sacrifice, if you've never understood the glory that God, the, the, the goodness of the feeling that God gives you of putting yourself last on the totem pole and others before you in aspects of your life and trusting God to take care of you, see. He's supposed to be the one doing it anyway. You know, by faith, for without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that believeth in God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, 
And while you're doing all the others before you, he's taking care of you because of the faith that you're doing for others before you. That's the way this works. And it won't work any other way. Been there, done that. Don't work. He's a jealous God. And he'll have no other gods before him. None. I'm not talking about idols of clay and wood. I'm talking about what you love more than him. And you display it every day. The idols of the heart. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I don't care if it's a car. I don't care if it's a horse. I don't care if it's a house, furniture, jewelry, pets. It don't make a flying flip what it is. You do more for that object than you do for the Lord. That's an idol. By biblical definition. Only got to read the first great commandment. And then there comes the second great commandment and both of them's got to do with sacrifice. Folks that don't know nothing about that. He died for your sins. The Bible says, No man cometh unto, unto the Lord except God call him first. Christ said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Somebody out there, the Spirit of God's wooing. He said, You don't have a clue what he's talking about, but you can know. That's tapping on the heart. Well, I might be embarrassed. Everybody's thought I was a Christian because I did this, and I. It don't listen. The other side, the uh, other side of death. Which 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 voice do you want to hear? Which phrase do you want to hear? Because that lasts forever. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not, Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate. With all diligence, Peter said, brethren, make your calling and election sure. Mouth of two witnesses, let every word be established. The Spirit of God's wooing you, and you know that you've never hung your body by faith on the finished work of Jesus Christ. Tonight's the night. Right now, today's the day of salvation. There, because tomorrow never comes, and yesterday's gone. Paul said in Romans 10, 
that the words nigh thee even in thy mouth, the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, that belief, that means hanging your life on this book and what it says and nothing else. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, because if it's in the heart, it's going to work its way out. That new birth's going to work its way out. It's going to do the, it's going to sacrifice. It's going to do those things. It's going to attempt to do that. It's going to be tried to drag. You're going to be drugged back by the world and drugged back by this dead corpse you're carrying around. But it's going to fight to get out. It's going to fight to do the things. The Lord knows them that are His. And the Spirit of God, the the Spirit of God, the Comforter will be right there to help you along. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? But see, Christ said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Paul, back to Paul again in Romans 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that means publicly. Let everybody know, man, I'm born again. And I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You know what's going to happen on the other side of that of that of death. You know what that morning's going to be. It's going to be a never-ending day because there'll be time no longer of stu- of, of unimaginable things that you can't even begin to let your old fleshly degenerate mind comprehend, according to the book. And if you don't, if you think that, well, I've done this and I've done that and I hadn't been that bad, and or he says he's a Christian and, and I've seen him do so and so, and, and see, judging themselves among themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, they're not wise, Paul said. You want to compare yourself to somebody? Compare yourself to Paul. That's who you compare, compare yourself to Paul. You, you, you're never going to be live the perfect life. Paul tried. Paul tells you all about it in Romans 7. How, how the, he stumbled and fell and stumbled, got up again, stumbled and fell, got up again, got stumbled and fell, got up again. He tells all about it in Romans 7. I've taught it over and over and over again. So if you think you're going to be perfect, with the new man in you, that that's not the way it works. But that thing, something new will be added, see, as the old commercial used to say on television. Something new has been added. It's called the new creature in Christ. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you coming out the other side, on the right side, guaranteed by the Word of God. Thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. Because you have no desire to call on him unless the Spirit of God's calling you to start with. And as we end this program tonight, I implore you to heed the calling of the Spirit of God. I implore you with all my heart, this may be the last chance you get on this side of the morning after death. Heavenly Father, take the words that's been spoken tonight, use them for your honor and glory, and may you touch the ones that need touching. Father, run the ones away that need running away. Father, it's all in your hands, and may Jesus get the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. That's the way it is, folks. judge of all. And if the Spirit of God's touching your heart, I beg you answer the call tonight. I beg you. Come out on the right side in the morning after death. Ah. Uh-huh.